Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This episode of the Cold Popshire podcast was brought to you by our Patreon. If you want to tell us which films we should watch or get two extra exclusive podcasts a month, then please consider becoming a patron and joining us at www.patreon.com forward slash Popshire. everyone welcome along to the cult popship podcast hello i'm my darling richard Darlings. martin and Ooh. i'm joined today by jess hello and aj hello hello hi uh, so, uh, this is what we do, if you're new to the podcast, this is what we yeah. do when we're not doing film franchise fortnights. We talk mm. about this one specific topic <laughs> that we're discussing today. Uh, that's not true, that was a lie. That was oh. just a wee bit of uh, podcast humour. But today- I'm unfamiliar with the concept. We are talking about this particular topic we're talking about, which mm-hmm. is Game of Thrones. Yes, so uh, if you've seen the title of the episode, uh, you may know what we're going to do. I I will say up top that there won't be any uh, major season eight spoilers in this episode. So, I mean, this is coming out the day of the final ever episode, which we haven't seen. Um, So no danger. If if you're relatively up to date, but you've got a few few episodes behind, you're in no danger here. We're not even going to hint at things that we know. You know, we're not going to say something and be then, then be like, although that may be different in new episodes. Uh, we're not going to go there. Okay. Well, I... That's, that's my philosophy anyway. Do you guys agree? Uh, 100%. Oh, I don't really understand it. Can you give me an example? So, okay, let's look at another franchise. Say um, we were all uh, talking about how the actors in Harry Potter were bad and say that... Um, someone hadn't seen uh, the sixth film. I wouldn't then be like, the guy who plays Dumbledore is, is, is real bad, but it's a good thing he may not be around in the seventh film. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, you would say it exactly like that as well. I would, yeah. Um, but yeah, so today we're talking about are the actors from Game of Thrones actually any good? Now, this comes from me. Mm-hmm. I've never watched Game of Thrones. I'm sorry. Uh, I, well, I've watched the th- half of the first episode that I was awake for, and then I watched the season seven finale. And yeah. then I caught part of last week's episode on TV as Jess was watching it last week. So I I don't really have any like attachment to the actors in the, in the show, in the context of the show, but yeah. I have seen the movie industry try to make them a thing you know make Mm. make them the big hot new stars and i have not been impressed and so (laughs) 
this this came like up like two years ago. I yeah, was, this has been an episode you could probably go back to older episodes and yeah. hear us mention thinking of doing an episode on this subject. And this is the last week about. we can do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is our last chance for it to be relevant until the like spin-offs come around. Yeah, or like, you know, one of the actors has a big film coming out. Yeah, yeah. Um, even that even that wouldn't be good enough though. Yeah, exactly. You know? And because because we're cult popsher and with that comes um kind of the 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 uh association with we're not um we couldn't we we don't have the clout in the podcast world to just be like this is our game of thrones episode you know we're going to talk about what we think of game of thrones mm. because we're you know we're too we're we're inundated in a sea of other podcasts about pop culture that do that we need to find an interesting angle that maybe yeah. no one else has talked about um and also i wouldn't have much to say um having not seen that. having not seen it but can i just say as well i've seen so, this season specifically i've seen so many memes that are like oh how do you know someone doesn't watch game of thrones oh they'll bloody go on about it all the time like it's part of this episode that i have to mention that i haven't <laughs> seen it but i've seen so many of those memes but i haven't seen anyone mention they don't watch game of thrones you do on a- the regular apart so. from like <laughs> when specifically asked People come up to me and go, oh my God, Game of Thrones? Sorry, I don't watch it. Richard, if, like the first two things people know about you is one, you hate J.K. Rowling and two, you hate Game of Thrones. I don't hate, I have nothing against Game of Thrones. <laughs> Except right. the actors are not very good. <laughs> <That's>, okay. <laughs> uh, the... <laughs> Uh, it's it's interesting though, isn't it? Whenever there's a meme that's like, how do you know if someone da-da-da-da-da, don't worry, they'll tell you. I feel like every single person who's been the subject of that meme has been like, it's... I don't, that's not even what I do. <laughs> but I mean, like. It's a pretty be, good impression of Richard. Because there, of the meme, I'm very, I'm hyper aware of it. But like, I haven't, I, I think I've seen one person post on social media this season that they don't care about Game of Thrones. But I've seen so many people be like, oh, here comes all the people saying they don't care about Game of Thrones. It's like, mm. that's more, it's like when people complain about Christmas decorations going up early. It's like, that's so much more annoying than having Christmas cheer bleed into a few months early. This is the. Should we veto the topic of this episode to one hundred percent? B. Richard complains about people saying that he always says he doesn't watch Game of Thrones, and the the great irony being that this is a podcast yeah. that we choose to put out. So you have unprompted, in a sense, told the world you don't like it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't not like it. I just never got into it. I want to make that very clear. I, I can understand that. It's you've got to sort of get past a few several yeah well, and, and that, that's the thing as well and and it's interesting to talk about game of thrones as a whole and the cultural phenomenon that it's become because it, i feel like there's every couple of years a new show comes out that they say this is this is the big one this is the next big thing and then it runs one season and then no one really talks about it anymore so it was between that season one and season two and really when season two started that it became this big cultural phenomenon and it wasn't the premise of game of thrones doesn't interest me enough to have me check out the first couple of episodes when they come out, you know, it's, mm-hmm. and then by the time it became a cultural phenomenon, I was like, I don't want to watch like 10 hours of TV to like jump on this bandwagon. And now, and then it became 20 and 30 and, you know, and so now I'm just like, it, it's mm-hmm. too much of an undertaking to All get right. into. Well, Jess, how familiar are you with Game of Thrones? Um, I'm pretty, pretty familiar. I've watched yeah. it since the beginning. Um, it was kind of more of a social thing, I guess, in our mm. halls of reason. But then next thing I knew, I was doing it <laughs> by myself. 
and I needed more. And I started it's a reading the show, books. And- show. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I haven't read the books myself. But um, at uni, I used to get one of my mates drunk uh, to force him to tell me book spoilers. Um, so that that's I- so you. <laughs> so it's I kind of know a little bit about it, but mainly just the show. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Sweet. Well, I I watched it. I was one of those people that didn't didn't watch the first season and was made to watch it between season one and two. I think season two had just started. Um, but you know, I've always played it pretty cool. I've always been like, oh, Game of Thrones is that on? Okay. Um, <laughs> but I have found myself quite enjoying it. Um, as I got older, I guess. Um, not so much. Except the, maybe the- not this season. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a spoiler. It's not a spoiler to say. I feel like it's it's well documented. I mean, all, all Game of Thrones spoilers are well documented. Minutes after they finish. Yeah, that's another reason why I haven't bothered to pick it up. It's like I can tell, I know you, all you the know major spoilers. I, after, and truly, this won't contain a spoiler, but after last week's episode aired, I have to wait a couple hours to, you know, till my watch party with my friends to, mm. to see it. As soon as it finished airing, a Facebook friend posted a vague thing. You know, and it's always vague enough to be like, I guess it's not a spoiler, but it's always like, can we not wait till midnight? Can we? Can we wait yeah. until like oh, the, the, tomorrow's going to be how well today yeah. or not? To, no, it's not even tomorrow. This is Saturday. We're recording this <laughs> Monday. The day this yeah. is being released is going to be hell for you guys, and that's another reason that, like, especially this season, I'm like, thank fuck, I don't watch it because the the, the stress and the like the physical toll it took on my body avoiding spoilers for Endgame and stressing about it having spoiled it for me to go through that every week for, uh, for like eight weeks is it fuck yeah. that no, six, six weeks, weeks. This, this, this oh my god I could not do that and then that once a year like I, I, I could not do that I'm not like a massive like I don't spoilers don't ruin it for me I, I don't, I don't want to talk about that <laughs> Yeah, I'm well, so there, angry. There's at a whole spoilers. other spoiler podcast out there that we. <laughs> How do you do. know someone doesn't doesn't mind spoilers? Don't worry, they'll tell you. <laughs> there you go. There you go. We've now we've, we've seen count the one for AJ. Um, <laughs> we can all be equally shamed. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, anyway, to the premise Shame. of this episode. So, uh, I one day was I, I I had seen some movie that one of the actors from Game of Thrones was in, and I was like, AJ, like, are, is the show well acted? Because mm. I've seen the actors in a few th- in a handful of things, and I've always been not impressed or downright disgusted by their acting ability. And so I'm like, is, does this just not translate well to film, or are they bad in the TV show? And everyone just overlooks it. Um, I mean, are they good in the TV show? Like, is the TV show well acted? You would say? I don't think anyone's noticeably bad. No. Mm. Which I I guess for a TV show it means that they're or like all right. Hmm. I guess there's no standouts. Yeah, I would say especially because so for if you don't depending on how much you know about the premise of this episode, we all went and watched a bunch of Game of Thrones alumni's film, right? Yeah, Films. two each, total yeah. six actors to discuss. Yeah. Um, and the kind of thesis that I've drawn and may- maybe will be further explored as we go into this podcast is that somehow. Game of Thrones taps into what they can do. It's it's like how some people, you know, like how some people can sing, but only in a certain range. Mm. It's like that, but with acting. Yeah, 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 I agree. Yeah. Um, So now down to the six actors we we discussed. So it's um, Maisie Williams who plays 
Aya. Aya Stark. Yep, very good. One of good. the Starks. Um, then we've got Sophie Turner, who plays Sansa Stark. Sa- yeah, Sa- Sansa, Sansa yeah. Stark. Yeah. And uh, then we did Nicolaj Costa Waldo, who plays Jamie Lannister. Very good. And then we did um, Kit Harrington, who of course plays Jon Snow. Jesse, you don't need to mouth it to me. I'm, I'm, um, <laughs> You're taking very long pauses and then, from when you um, say the names. Uh, also, what's his name? Brian Hempstead Wright, who plays Isaac. Isaac, Isaac Hempstead Wright, who plays Bran Stark, aka the Three Eyed Raven, who is, who are somehow different characters or something. No, that- <laughs> It's sort of like how uh, um, it's like Gandalf the Grey and Gandalf the White. Yeah, it's like Gandalf the Grey and Gandalf the White. That's right, exactly okay. what it is. And uh, last but not another least, another comparison to draw between Lord of the Rings. Yeah, and, and last but not least, Amelia Clark, who and I want I've always wanted this clarified for me. She's Daenerys Targaryen, right? Yes, yeah. but it was was she Khaleesi? What's that? Was that like her title when she was married? Khaleesi to- is 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 Dothraki for queen. Right. Okay. Because everyone just called her. Khaleesi for ages, yes. and then they stopped like calling her that. Queen, right? Khaleesi. Okay, yeah. yeah. I thought that might be because she was married to Carl Drogo. Yes, yes. Um, played by Jason Momoa, who's done pretty well as yeah. post-game host. The two biggest omissions from the cast, because I feel like we, you know, there's obviously hundreds upon hundreds of actors who've been in Game of Thrones. I feel like the six we've covered are the closest you could call to the main cast these days, with the exception of. Two, which include Peter Dinklage and Lena Headey. Why, why, why aren't we covering them? Well, what so is the- my sort of thesis statement, once it, once it came to um, actually planning doing this podcast, it's because I've always said, apart from, well, Peter Dinklage, it varies depending on what, what he's in. And then Lena Headey is supposedly one of the best ones in the show, and she's been quite good in other stuff. But I think... Like when Game of Thrones first started, it was like Sean Bean obviously was the big get um, to yep. star in Game of Thrones, and then also like you would say like cast rounded out, but with Lena Headey would be like the first one they named because she'd been in Three Hundred. Um, she would have like filmed Dread around the time she started being in this, um, and so she was kind of already on her way to. She just was waiting on that big kind of role, and I guess this was it. Whereas um, the six we're kind of covering are ones that. Uh, were complete unknowns more or less before Game of Thrones and now because of Game of Thrones they're trying to make them the next thing and so I think the kind of idea of the podcast especially with Game of Thrones now ending is like how well are these guys going to do now that their big role is over and their their agents are trying desperately to thrust them into the spotlight and do they actually have the chops to do it and have they been picking the right roles because that's a common theme amongst (laughs) these amongst these movies is that regardless of the performances a lot of the movies are terrible yeah cool all right who wants to start with the movie they they watched go for it aj all right all right uh, so the first movie I watched is one that I think we've we've actually all seen yeah. um, separately. Uh, this is the first time I watched it. It was called The Other Woman. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. And it stars Nicolaj Costa-Waldo, Jamie Lannister. He's not the main <laughs> character. He's more of the bad guy. Uh, if you've never heard of the film, it's from, I think it's from like 2014. Uh, it stars Cameron Diaz and um, who else is in it? Uh, <laughs> Leslie Mann and Kate Leslie Upton. Mann. Yeah, um, and... Yeah. Nicolaj Costa Waldo essentially cheats on Leslie Mann with Cameron Diaz, and they find out and team up to like make his life a living hell. 
Yeah. Or at least that's what the movie should be about, and it's two and a half hours long and doesn't need to yeah. go into what it goes I, into. I actually, I want to quickly tell the story of how I saw this movie because it's quite funny. So, I think you've told it before. <laughs> probably. It's just, it's a good story. So <laughs> I was waiting in line to go see um, The Amazing Spider-Man 2, and while in line, um, that sold out. And then, so we were still in line, and my friend, I was with my friend Ben, and he was like, if we if we don't decide what we're doing when I get to the front of the line, I'm getting tickets to the other woman. <laughs> and then we called it, he called our bluff, or we called his bluff, I can't remember which way the round it's supposed to be. But anyway- It was we unclear up, which way the bluff was called. Yeah. He bought tickets to the other woman, and we sat like in the front row, uh, because it was almost sold out. <laughs> and then- uh, it was terrible. It's a bad movie. Yeah. However, the the quality of the movie is not necessarily what we're here to discuss. Yeah, it doesn't rest a- on Nicolaj Costa Waldo's yeah, yeah. shoulders. But here is my um, analysis of his performance and Nicolaj Costa Waldo as an actor. Um, first of all, for the scenes where he's just doing, you know, just playing a mild like tempered guy you know he's he's not doing he's just saying his lines and doing his thing it's fine you know whatever <laughs> he's not a he's not being a great actor by being like hey how was your day you know yeah. but he's not being terrible either um t- towards the end of the movie when uh they sort of like ensnare him and um you know start ruining his life that's when he starts to get extreme and it becomes clear that he was hired because he's a hot actor from game of thrones and not because he is uh, is renowned for his uh physical comedy or his wacky performances because this especially like the last scene you see him in where he like storms out of his boardroom and like walks straight into glass and breaks his nose yeah and it's and it's fucking ridiculous it's like they they just got him to fill his mouth with chocolate and they'll like just walk into the wall and spit it out when you hit the wall and so this like brown liquid explodes yeah it's it's fucking ridiculous and Um, all i could think of while watching this is like you get a a jim carrey type to play yeah not a not a Jamie Lannister type. Who's hot Jim Carrey? You know, who's who's someone known for their their like big performances? Although I, you'd need someone of the the, the same age, I guess, as Nicolaj Costa Waldo, um, yeah. or at least Cameron Diaz or Peter or Dinklage. Yes, they should. Peter Peter Dinklage would have been a very interesting statement to make about the other woman had he been. I'm gonna. I'm, you guys talk about it. I'm gonna look up some actors who could have played. Yeah, I, I do want to say the other woman is because uh, Nicolaj Costa Waldo is kind of one of the ones where it's like he had a. I think he had a pretty decent career back in his homeland, and um, he was in a couple <laughs> of things as well. And I get, and he's he's sort of the oldest actor we're covering as well. Um, mm-hmm. because, because, so I think it's maybe not, he's not quite lumped in with the rest of them, but I real wanted AJ to have to watch the other woman. That's fair. <laughs> That's fair I enough. understand. We all needed yeah. to be put through it. And like, I know he's definitely above the pay grade of this film, but like, I reckon Ryan Gosling probably could have pulled it off really well because he's oh, yeah. actually got pretty good comedic timing. Oh, like is the he- nice guys. Yeah. yeah. How old is, what is the age difference between, how old is... Nicolaj. Ryan, Ryan Gosling. Did you say Ryan Gosling or Reynolds? Because both would have been good. Both. Both would have been good. Yeah. Um, Nicolaj Costa Water is 48. Okay. Uh, Ryan Gosling's 38. 
and Ryan Reynolds. I think he's 42. 42. We had an argument about this there. Well, it wasn't an argument. Jess said, how old is Ryan Reynolds? And I was like, I think he's like 42, and he was 42. What about um, Jeremy Renner? He's pretty good in tag, oh, yeah. like oh, yeah. comedically. Um, and if you wanted to go, you would have to swing it so it's not that he's like classically handsome, but is more of a, like a, an old, an older, an older daddy. <laughs> what if you went like Brian Cranston? Because uh, I think that's old. that yeah, last he's scene. A bit too old. Yeah, I know. I guess he is a bit too old. But like that last scene where he's going nuts. That's like that was what Brian Cranston built his career on. Yeah, uh, like well, I mean, like Paul Rudd would be would be good. Yeah, but can you not like Paul Rudd? Maybe say, that's part that's of true. What Maybe about like, like Steve, they- Steve Carell? Yeah, he yeah. can play. A, he can play a pretty good villain if you've seen um, the Way Way Back. He's so <laughs> such Fox, a dick. Foxcatcher. He just plays his character from Foxcatcher and <laughs> the other woman. Um, like with think, the prosthetics. I think they went with Costa Waldo because he is that special Venn diagram center of hot and. Uh, his, you know, his most well-known character at the time was quite an unlikable. Mm. He's guy. hot, and like the Venn diagram of like hot, used to not liking him, and will work for TV money. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, you know who should have played the guy and the other woman? Who? John Ham. Fuck oh yeah, my John God, Ham should. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. That's the that's the role. That's, that's him. It. It's a John Ham role. It's TV money. It's hot. It's funny. It's like and also he would have done it if you'd asked. He does anything <laughs> you ask him to. And and like he was you know 2014 Mad Men. So it's easy to not like him. Yeah, that's it. Nicolas Costa Waldo was playing John Ham. Yeah, yeah. and John Ham's a probably a better actor as well. I love John Ham. Yeah. Mm. John, I better, fucking love certainly John a better comedic actor. Yeah, he's yeah. Just, he's, he's, he's a like great comedic actor stuck with a leading man's face. Yeah. Whereas like Nicolas Costa Waldo is handsome in- but bad. I was thinking, I was like, okay, what what are what are Jamie Lannister's best scenes? You know, what where have I watched Nicolas Costa Waldo like wow me with his acting? Yeah, Jesse will one- charming on this one. I can't. Yeah, (laughs) one scene um comes to mind, and these this is I guess spoilers for like season three, which I'm assuming you've watched if you're listening to this so far, or haven't watched it all and don't care. Um, the character gets his hand chopped off. What? Uh, Yeah, in season three, it's Um, real sudden. He's just like, oh yeah, cool. Hands chopped off. No, I actually I only that's one of the like spoilers I didn't know until last week. Um, <laughs> because he saw all the memes online and it's like production still shows that he still has his right hand or something. Yeah. Um, or does so the, oh, um, the, the only The, the only Nicolas Costa-Waldo scene I'm familiar with was when I tried to sit down and watch Game of Thrones and he, um, it's Bran, he pushes out the window, isn't he? Yeah. 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 In the first episode. And I didn't even realise that Cersei was his sister. That's how little attention I paid. Because I was like, he's like, things you do for love. And I was like- Okay. Who cares? <laughs> Why'd you push um, a kid out the window? <laughs> so there's so after he gets his hand chopped off, this is um you know it's by like mercenaries or something like that. I can't I can't remember. But him and uh, Brienne of Tarth, who's played by Gwendolyn Christie, who I would say is a pretty good actress and other things I've seen her in. Yeah, um, her half a dozen lines in the Star Wars um, sequel trilogy. <laughs> yeah, and her facial the, expressions so were just on they point. They wind up <laughs> um they wind up taking like a a 
bath together like in this massive bath where they're, they're like cooling off or, or like it's i can't remember anyway he i remember i just remember the shot of nicolaj costa waldo his like hair sweaty and drenched just really depressed really sad really lost with his hand just being chopped off talking to her and it's sort of like a bonding moment that the two of them have mm. and because that, a lot of their storyline for that season is kind of like the the odd couple you know one mm. is escorting the other and it's like a they don't get along but then they they bond um and that was that scene and do you remember the scene jess yeah yeah and I, I was actually gonna say um that sort of when the best of him comes out is when he's acting against brian Sure. Yeah. True. 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 Um. What I what I think that that's a good point, and I also think that, um, it's the polar opposite of his explosion in the other woman, and he's very impressive in it. Right. So like, what that tells me about the actor is that maybe the I mean I can't imagine the directors discovered this. So it was probably just a happy accident, but like making him small and making it a very quiet and delicate performance was real good whereas had he you know got mad at getting his his hand chopped off maybe it would have been a bit of a sillier scene Um, or maybe it's just the fact that it's you know game of thrones is a touch more prestigious than the other woman well do you reckon maybe if instead if uh, when he got found out and if he was a lot more subdued about it Mm. and he was just really sad while pushing a child out of window yeah (laughs) it's just a real frustrating (laughs) character who doesn't get mad about being found out and he's just like well you know yeah, well. the, th- the things we do for love and then he pushes them all out the top of the scene takes place yeah. by the way in oh the, the things we do for love and then he just walks into a glass wall and explodes <laughs> his face and then also like um but then like immediately after that uh the like this the glass walls of this room just shatter for like yeah he walks into them is it the same thing no, it's, it's so he walks into another glass-walled conference room and it shatters to pieces in something that wouldn't happen. Like, yeah. that would never happen. It would. He doesn't walk into it hard enough for it to shatter. Yeah, I remember that being like... I don't, I don't remember that, but does he break his nose and then walk into another glass? Yeah. Right? They're two so they separate glass-related <laughs> glass bits that Fuck, don't quite... that's a bad movie. <laughs> yeah, no, they're like Nick Cassavetes, who directed it, was like, um, okay, do we... We can only really afford to do one walk into glass gag. Do we do the chocolate blood or have the entire room shatter? And then Nicolaj is like, "He's that good boss. Of an actor. I think we can get away with both. <laughs> I think I think we've got enough good faith from the first two hours of the other woman that we can keep them around for a little bit longer to get yeah. both glass gags in there. Yeah, they yeah. got like sponsored by a glass company and had to get two shots to deliver on it and then forgot about it until the last five minutes. <laughs> of the glass company that specifically wants to see their glass damaged <laughs> from nothing. <laughs> the strongest glass in New York and it's like immediately spent. Or like you could actually see it, it was like um, the glass company that sponsored it is the one he walks into and it breaks his nose being like was, look how strong our glass is and then it's a competitor's glass that <laughs> yeah, shatters I was gonna say that yeah he walks into it and it shatters and then Nicki Minaj's character is like man I, I knew we should have I she was in that movie Holy shit. she's like I don't she's like man that. I knew we should have made both conference rooms out of da 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 glass and not a competitor for that one I completely <laughs> forgot she was in that um, she's worse than Nicolaj Oh, she's horrible in, 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 in that movie, that movie. Oh my god, I'd actually managed to block that out for like five years. <laughs> I thought a, a cool kind of um, bow tying for, for when we talk about each actor could be like a a single um, 
conclusion on each actor before a conclusion on the actors as a whole at the end. Mm. So do what you know, how many thrones do I give him out of five? I'm gonna say I'm gonna say three, because he can't go big, but he can go small. And it's all about the situations you put him in. And he's not a comedy actor. And so putting him in a scene, in a movie where it's like really relying on, on him to be a comedy actor, mm. I think was a, was a miscast and damaged his yeah. career. Well, yeah, so maybe his one's more miscast than anything. Yeah, um, yeah. But speaking of going big, what's mm. the biggest thing? It's a volcano, right? Um, so, Jess, do you want to talk us through Pompeii, the Kit Harrington vehicle? If ever there was a film that was to be referred to as like an actor's vehicle, it's this one. And mm-hmm. iRobot would be the other one. <laughs> iRobot? Yeah, it's a Will Smith vehicle. All oh, right, but well, it, what, it's Will not Smith's a Kit going? Harrington vehicle. I'll give you that. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm not saying the word vehicle is bad. I'm saying that. <laughs> anyway. Cool. Well, this one is obviously about the eruption of Vesuvius and the destruction of Pompeii. Um, that's kind of got nothing really to do with the plot, really. It's just kind yeah. of like a way for the movie to end. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> it's got Kit Harrington and Emily Browning in it. Spoilers, Spoilers for Pompeii. Oh, oh sorry. Um, the volcano erupts and everyone dies. It's on the poster. Isn't that fucking... <laughs> Stupid. It's also a historical incident. I don't know. If it's a spoiler. It's, like it's a more s- like a structural problem to rely on it being the surprise ending to your film. <laughs> exactly. And it if just you didn't you- know it was Pompeii and they pulled a Remember Me with 9 11, oh, now, the- you've now we're film. spoiling Remember Me. <laughs> <laughs> it actually just makes you not care about the characters at all because you're like, yeah, exactly. yeah everyone's going to die. Um, and it, yeah, it's about this like uh, lady. Um, she's kind of like, I guess you'd call her a princess, uh, and... Well, I wouldn't, but yeah. Well, oh, what would you call her then? No, I'd, I'd call her Carrie-Anne Moss, <laughs> who I didn't realise it was until the end of the film. Mm. And uh, she falls in love with the slave who's Kit Harrington, um, and then they run it together, run away together at the end, uh, trying to escape the volcano, and spoilers, they don't. Yeah. If there's one wow. thing you can't outrun... It's love. it's love. If there's two things, it's love and a volcano. <laughs> love and lava. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it, this was pretty, one of the worst films I think I've ever seen. Um, oh, I just don't believe that. I can't, me, like, I believe, and maybe for you it's one of the worst. I feel yeah, like maybe for your simple mind. <laughs> I'd put this like a step above Fat Girls. <laughs> <laughs> Um, the, the movie, not the not the, not the type of person. <laughs> um, not the girls. There, yeah, we watched a movie called Fat Girls. Check it out on our Patreon. Um, it's actually one of the worst <laughs> movies the I've ever was, seen. It was. It's fat with a ph. Um, and yes, girls with a z. My my point. My point more being like the amount of like stuff that Richard and I have had to trawl through, like all the Airbud sequels and and shit. It's like there's no way a a serviceable movie starring Kit Harrington about Pompeii would reach into my bottom 100 films. <laughs> <laughs> it's also, it's got 27% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is like... A dream come good. true yeah. for some franchises. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Jess, not to, I believe, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm saying your standards my, have My, my scale's a lot smaller than <laughs> yes, your guys Yeah, are. exactly, yeah. Um, but yeah, he doesn't really do a lot of acting in this. I'd say it is his performance is like ninety nine percent scowling, and that's about it. Mm, and his abs, he's got. Mm, he does. Do you reckon his abs are like um, CGI. CGI? Yeah, they look at like he walks out in the in his first scene, and he's got this weird like 
sash like like a shawl yeah thing. kind of thing that's like covering half of his chest but it's like these bulging abs <laughs> and it's like abs don't usually bulge yeah, as well like each ab protrudes like as much as like if he taped like eight as much as vesuvius <laughs> <laughs> um, um but yeah no it was pretty pretty poor um, yeah he, he's 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 one that i'm like i can't i actually can't believe that He's a good actor in Game of Thrones, if he is. Like, uh, he's the one that if you were like, no, he's real good in Game of Thrones, I'd be like, I actually don't believe you. And I think less of you as a no, person I feel for like saying his that. character in Game of Thrones um, requires probably the least amount of acting. Right. Because I guess he's the straight mm. man sort of thing. He's the, yeah. yeah. I, I'm, Jon Snow is the main character of Game of Thrones. Yeah. Like, may, maybe he wasn't. You know, when the yeah. show began. But now he definitely is. Um, see, so I haven't seen Pompeii and I can't remember any other Kit Harrington things I've seen. And it's funny that you're like, you know, I can't believe he's a good actor in Game of Thrones because I've yeah. seen him in other things. And I'm kind of the opposite. Not that I'm particularly wowed by him. <laughs> you're like, I cannot believe Kit Harrington would deliver a bad performance. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I really like Jon Snow. I really like the character and the, the journey he's gone on, gone on. It's very, very compelling. And I think he, he definitely pulls off one look. And that look is of a very sad person with a lot of responsibility thrust upon him, I guess. Uh, but yeah. is that acting, if you can pull that off for eight years? <laughs> well, uh, I, I mean, I, I think he does yeah. have a lot of responsibility put upon him being the lead of the biggest TV show in the world and, and not being a good actor. <laughs> <laughs> no one can ever find out. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, um, Richard, you've seen Seven Days in Hell, eh? Yeah, so Seven Days in Hell, do you want to explain what it is? Um, yeah, it's kind of, it's an Andy Samberg film. It's sort of along the same lines. Yeah, it's like a 40 minute. Don't Stop Never Stopping. Um, is yeah. that what it's called? Pop Star Never Stop Never Stopping. That's right. Um, so it's it's 40 minutes, it's really short, and it's uh, a story about this tennis saga that goes on for seven days yeah. but it sort of tells everything almost in backstory as well flashbacks yeah it. it's based on like those um like an, it's it's told like a sports documentary kind of yeah. thing yeah. So it's, um and they did they did the like, uh, tour de pharmacy as well yeah like a couple years. yeah um yeah so it's andy sandberg and kit harrington playing against each other and it's kit harrington trying very hard to be a comedic actor and i think he does all right because you, you loved it and I, I, I watched it uh, like a year after you and was like, uh, he's he's not very good in it, but the fact that he's not very good kind of enhances the comedy. Yeah. And like that style of comedy is totally like right up my alley. So that's yeah. why, you know, when I love a film, I tend to love everything about it and everything else right. gets dragged into that feeling of <laughs> loving the entire <laughs> thing. Um, but yeah, Pompey, he just hit, you know, spoke very under his voice for a lot of it. I think he had probably about five lines max. Yeah, I think uh, really, the, only was, five. He did not speak much at all. Are you serious? Wow, is it a quiet film? Are there not a lot of? Is there not a lot of talking? Is it? Just other people does. Keith Sutherland talks a lot. Yeah, other fuck, people. Fuck, you can't just shut up. Is Kit the hero in it? He yeah. is, but he's a slave, so he's talked at a lot of the time, and he yeah. kind of stands there wow. scowling with that, his abs out. That blows out. my mind. Um, um, yeah, like your your mind is like Vesuvius, <laughs> um, but yeah, like and also another Kit Harrington thing I've sort of seen bits and pieces of is he hosted SNL for the first time in the last year or so, and that was very like, okay, this kid isn't going anywhere. <laughs> like, um, yeah, I, I just don't think, and even seeing interviews with him, I don't think he's very charismatic, which I think is what getting to some of the other actors we're going to get to. I think that's the 
reason i i think he's not going to have a very good career despite being like the lead of game of thrones essentially well that's the thing as well is that now game of thrones has been on for so long are they all just going to be typecast as this one character from now on and in harrington's case like a character in which he could just barely pull off in game of thrones because Mm. of good directing (laughs) yeah Mm. Okay, so having all the, with your accumulated knowledge of Kit Harrington, uh, Jess, d- how many mm. thrones do you give him out of five? Being the Kit if, Harrington it was, expert. if it was based on this one film, it'd be one. No, throne. it's well, you've seen the other those other. Is, is he a good actor? Oh man, I'm bad at making decisions. Um, <laughs> it's just a number. Just pick a number. <laughs> <laughs> Two stars. Two thrones. Okay. Two thrones. That's a shame. I was hoping he'd make it through the. Nah, I he was be doomed from fresh. the start. Well, who who would be a good replacement for Kit Harrington in this, in, movie, in this movie that you guys in Pompeii. haven't, I haven't seen. seen it? Well, um, I see, the thing about <laughs> replacing <laughs> so, like Kit Har- like this kind of movie is going to suck regardless of who's in it. That yeah. it may as well be a Kit Harrington vehicle. <laughs> I was going to say actually, the direction of this is so terrible. I think put put the best actor in this role, and it's still going to be shit. Okay, yeah. so this is no, this is an interesting, like wrapping up of Kit Harrington as an actor. Is if if Nicolas Costa Waldo is like, we need you to play understated things and mm. be like re- a really really good performances, but they're very whispery and quiet and subdued. Then Kit Harrington is the guy you put in your bad film when you still need to give it some semblance. Yeah, of you, star you power. still need to get um a certain crowd in there like yeah yeah imagine being a kit harrington fan he is a tool he is a tool that can be used he absolutely is he is a abby uh curly haired tool and i mean it works i was like who's abby and what has she done to you (laughs) Um, fucking abby (laughs) uh yeah it's like oh yeah he's an abby but uh, well, okay. I guess the the, ne- the logical place to go uh, from Carrington is to our other uh, biggie, which is Amelia Clark. Uh, mm. And I watched this film. Uh, it was called Me Before You, and it's uh, about Amelia Clark plays a character uh, Louisa Clark, um, mm. who gets a, she's 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 quirky and lovable and. Uh, has very expressive eyebrows and she uh, gets a job as like the caretaker of this guy who, uh, you know, he's, he's like an heir to a fortune and he's a cool, you know, sports guy. And then he gets, um, becomes quadriplegic and she has to look after him. I want to fully spoil me before you because fucking this movie, man, I like. I've never seen I, it, but it's I know we're real, just talking about the actors, but like, I have to talk about this movie. <laughs> um, so, basically, she finds out that he's he's he, he's updating his will because he wants to kill himself because he's tired of being disabled. He essentially said to his parents, um, one of whom is Charles Dance, um, mm. that who's also in Game of Thrones. That's why I mentioned him. <laughs> yeah. Um, he says, like, give me, I'll, I'll do six months with some caretaker and then, yeah, I'm going to kill myself. And Amelia Clark finds out about it and is like, no, I'm going to show you that you can still have, like, this amazing life. And spoilers for me before you, uh, they fall in love and he goes, wow, I can have this amazing life. Um, anyway, I am going to kill myself. Bye. And then he does. And it's a fucking stupid ending. It's not like 
I'm angry that you know it has a sad ending. It's 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 bad storytelling, and <laughs> I, I think that because uh, based on a book, and I was talking to some people at work, it was one of these things like classic example of the people I work with. If they're listening, you know who you are. Um, <laughs> that I was, I asked someone about, oh, have you ever seen Me Before You? And like three people turned around and went, oh my god, such a good film. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, this oh, happens God. to you a lot. I just lot. have to have this conversation now, don't I? Um, yeah, well, so apparently the book goes more into like, this is a massive character flaw of um, of his character. And it's, and you know, it, it's more about him personally. Whereas the movie, it seems to imply more like, yeah, if you're disabled- you probably should kill yourself because wow. not only does your life suck, but you're making everyone around you's life way worse. And so obviously it had a massive wow. uproar from like the disabled community and rightly so, because it is like, that is the message the movie is sending. Uh, and this, this isn't like, Oh, you're reading too much into it. It's like, it, it is a pretty, Oh, whenever someone tells me I'm reading too much into something, I'm like, we're not going to have this conversation. Yeah. If that's going to be your retort. Um, but, <laughs> do you know what I do on a daily basis? I read too much into <laughs> shit. Okay. Um, so, yeah, that that's me before you. But the thing is, I was watching this movie and I was messaging you, AJ, and I was like, fuck, I think I real like this film. For so long, for like the first hour and a bit, I was like, oh, I'm actually falling in love with these characters. Because... And so this is kind of getting into Amelia Clark's acting and stuff. What so a whip crack of a, of a film review. I know. Like, one of the most offensive films <laughs> I've ever seen. But, oh, my gosh, such a good film. Well, no, no, okay. <laughs> You've become like, your co-worker. <laughs> uh, they got to me. So uh, it's Amelia Clark and Sam, uh, is it Claflin? I've never said his last name. Atlanta, I've, I haven't seen the film. No idea. Um, Sam Claflin, he's from uh, The Hunger Games. But he's- oh, yeah. Very handsome man. Very, very Jennifer handsome Lawrence. man. Yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's the Jennifer man. Lawrence and Amelia <laughs> Clark. Um Go on. <laughs> mm-hmm. And um Best film ever. The, so those two actors, like if you've ever seen them on in, them in interviews, especially like you see Amelia Clark on like Graham Norton or something like that, they are so lovable. And Oh, yeah, Amelia mm. Clark is one of the most attractive people I'm aware of in existence. Yeah, and not both, like both, inside yeah, and out. Like. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's not just, she, she is beautiful on the outside, but like her personality and her warmth just is so f- at the forefront of every like wired autocomplete interview I've watched of her. Or yeah. Like and she just looks like so much fun. Yeah, she, she looks like she'd be cool to hang out with, you know? Yeah. Like she'd be as enthusiastic about it as you. Um, yeah. But she... In terms of her acting, I've never been that. So she's one of the ones that I've kind of seen. I've I haven't seen Terminator Genesis, but by all accounts, it's terrible, and she's terrible in it. Uh, I she didn't particularly wow me in Solo, and in I don't this, think she was bad in Solo. Though. Yeah, she was alright. Yeah, but I, I, the same, I said she didn't particularly wow me. I mean, sorry yeah. if you guys were wowed by the no, character but, of but, Kira and I offended you. <laughs> but but like an actor not having an opportunity to do anything truly amazing does not a poor actor make, I think, yeah. is, is but, my defense. Um, in, this, in this film, it, it's very much you just let two very likable actors um, fall in love with each other and you do start to enjoy their relationship. Uh, however, Amelia Clark on the whole... I mean, it's kind of like you work with what you've got. If you've got it, flaunt it. 
but she her eyebrows are very expressive <laughs> and there's a lot of times like do you guys know what mugging is no and so it's an it's an acting term where if i was like do an angry face you know you would do a typical like what an emoji would be you'd have two or like draw an angry face you'd have two eyebrows slanted towards the nose and a massive frown Mm. But obviously, if you were to actually portray anger in a film, you there'd be a lot more subtlety to it than that, right? You yeah. you would more sort of like purse your lips a little bit and, and be yeah, a lot more under un, and you with your eyes. And whereas Amelia Clark tends to just pull the angriest face possible, and it's very clear because of her eyebrows what expression she's supposed to be feeling. And then you just go, oh, okay, she's angry. So it's it is good for like like a shorthand, but it, it does come across as quite a over the top and b fake and i guess it's kind of a thing that i mean i'm not 100 sure of a background but it comes a lot from like theater actors moving into you know from when you've got uh you know people 50 rows back have to be able to see the expression you've got on your face versus a camera that's you know from your forehead to your chin and it's very clear you know you can you can have those subtleties Gonna say it sounds like she's a theater actor, um, or perhaps Richard, perhaps she's more of an improvisational comedian actress. Because the only other stuff I've seen her in, other than Solo and Game of Thrones, are like funny comedy sketches. I remember she did like an Omaze video for Game of Thrones, where she like mm. couldn't get into the studio, and it was funny. She, you know, she pulled it off. And so I wonder. I, so is that is that feels like a good conclusion to land on for Amelia Clark that it's a situation of she is the she is more. She seems like she would be more impressive on stage. Um, and her character in Game of Thrones is very theatrical, mm. so maybe maybe that's what it is. Is it's the opposite of Costa Waldo. She needs to be big, or else it's it, it feels yeah. unrealistic. Yeah, and I, I actually went back um, actually just this morning and watched episode one, season mm. one of Game of Thrones, and the most difference in characters is obviously in hers, and it's yeah, like yeah. especially in. Uh, her acting it was really interesting it's kind of like you know when you know someone for such a long time you don't notice them changing mm. but then when you go she and looks photo, different in season one it's, it's crazy it's she got insane <laughs> <laughs> yeah disappointingly uh, it's changed um spoilers for season eight um she, she, naked. Has, she, she has clothes on uh, <laughs> people um, are like well fuck now it's this whole season's ruined for me uh but yeah like it's she i I guess it's kind of like development of her and herself as well as like the character. But I think that that was really interesting to see how like you don't really notice it when you're watching. There's not like any massive changes episode to episode, but then you go back and it's such as like a different person. No, I think this does play into into the the theory that she's just a better big actor than a small actor because her character in season one is very oppressed and subdued. And it's not until later seasons that she, you know, emancipates herself from uh what's going on and and breaks the chains and becomes this big fiery character um yeah so no i I think that makes a lot of sense i think it makes a lot of sense that she is you know quite effective in game of thrones but then you see something like me before you which is supposed to be playing a very small you know a, a grounded film it makes sense to me that she would be less impressive and something and, like that. And maybe before you, does she do that thing where she sort of overpronounces words heaps? Because that's a real theatre thing as well. She like talks with her mouth really big like this. Yeah, I think so from memory. 
Mm. So how how many how many thrones do you give her? Well, like it, it's hard with her because in terms of likability, uh, she's like a five thousand out of five. Yeah, you know. And whereas in terms of acting, it's like three and a half to four, depending on what the role. I think. Yeah, and um, she's one that. I think she's going to have no problem having a career after this because like as soon as Game of Thrones finishes, she's going to have endless phone calls because she is, she's kind of the face of Game of Thrones. Like I think in in a police lineup, more people would recognize her than. Well, I I trust your judgment on that because you're someone who hasn't seen it and you know her like more than anyone. You're probably someone who can say what the face of Game of Thrones is Mm. as someone who doesn't watch it. Yeah, I understand that he's that he's probably the de facto main character, but I think yeah, she definitely is the most recognizable. Yeah. Um, and yeah, if you were to like describe a character, a random character from Game of Thrones, that's probably the first one most people would pick. All right, Mm -hmm. so three and a half thrones because she is the anti Costa Waldo, but you can do something with someone who can only act big. Uh, whereas you can do less with someone who can't act big. Yeah. Um, but she she's also, I think probably maybe out of all these guys, she's the one who I think is going to be fine. Um, well, yeah. she's already the wise. one that's been in the most stuff and it's been successful yeah, so well, far during she's, the show. Yeah, because she, she's one, again, that they're trying to make into a thing because she, mm-hmm. you know, leading Terminator Genesis, which ended up sucking and then... Um, solo a star wars story which underperformed um and so yeah she's definitely one that they're trying to put into these big kind of franchises so that she has some sort of security afterwards yeah um all right do you want to move on to your next movie aj sure so i watched the box trolls uh which is an animated film making it somewhat difficult to talk about under this context uh and it stars among others um Isaac Hempstead Wright, who plays a character named Eggs. Uh, the film is about, um, what's it? It's about like a, a town, like an old English town um, that is plagued by things called box trolls, which are little creatures that live in boxes that they like recycle from like, so they're all named after the thing that their box has on it. Nice. Right? Okay. So there's, there's Shoe and Fish and Eggs, who's the main character, who is a person. Uh, that the box trolls inadvertently kidnapped 10 years previous and now he's grown up and is trying to like you know break the the chains of the box trolls because the the bad guy played by ben kingsley who does a fantastic vocal performance in this film go watch this film for ben kingsley alone it's amazing yeah and also it's it's like it as well isn't it yeah yeah it's like it um and uh, so Ben Kingsley, you, imagine wh- how you think Ben Kingsley, what he sounds like, you know, when he's normal, you know, just his normal speaking voice or his Trevor normal Slattery. <laughs> his his character in Box Trolls is like, "Right, you are my love." <laughs> like it's very like tra- like you wouldn't you wouldn't pick it was him if you didn't know it was him, but he mm. does such a good job. Anyway, uh, okay, yeah, I so, think Hems- yeah, he, right. he's a, he's an interesting one because a I haven't seen the movie he's in, and he's also the one I'm least familiar with his work on and Game of Thrones, I think, and yeah, I think and, he, like he's got the least skin in the game. Yes, however, so much so that I'd almost say he's probably better in the box trolls than he is in Game of Thrones. Because I think, 
I don't know how I feel about Bran these days as the three-eyed raven. My my favorite, my my personal fan theory is that he's actually not the three-eyed raven and he's just like an edgy teenage like <laughs> atheist who's like, yeah, you know, like he's like a goth kid basically. He's like, yeah, yeah I'm the three-eyed raven. I see the future and he's actually oh not. He's just going through a phase because I don't <laughs> know so if. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't believe that um, Isaac Hempstead Wright in Game of Thrones has the acting prowess, at least from the more recent seasons, because I don't really remember how he was earlier in the show. It feels like he doesn't have the acting prowess to pull off the mystery and the, you know, the the genuine supernatural being, because the Three Eyed Ravens essentially like a eternal being, right? So this is someone who lives forever, and he and he just kind of talks like someone who. Uh, has lived 18 years. Um, Wait, and- well, sorry, sorry, can I just interrupt for clarification about the three-eyed raven? So is the three-eyed raven like a, a spirit or like an entity that like hops from like host to host kind of thing? Yeah, and it sort of encases the memory of everything. Of so, Winterfell, right? No, of like the no. Seven Kingdoms, of the whole oh. land. Oh, there's <laughs> seven of them? Keep up, Richard. <laughs> um, I'm not 100% sure on how to describe the three-eyed raven. It's just a... Yeah, well, I sound like you, Jess was doing a pretty good job. Well, yeah, sure. I can't. <laughs> I'm, I'm saying I can't vouch for Jess because I don't remember what the three-eyed raven. The, his main thing is, is he can close his eyes and um, I can do that. Yeah, no, well, he can do it too. Well, no, no, that, like, that's, that's a wug, and actually, that's not related to the three-eyed raven. Is it not? It is, is the not. Three, Is that separate to? It? Okay, yes, never remember mind back then. in season two, there was another guy, a wildling, that could wag into rabbits. Uh, a walk okay. wag? I don't know. Wag? No, it's he can. Yeah, he can wag into other be- beings, so he can. Yeah. But they can only characters. go into animals, but Bran could go into Hodor, yeah. which is what set him apart. Which I got to say, sentence. guys, this sounds real stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and this is the character of Bran Stark. <laughs> real um, shit. Yeah. So, in box trolls, sure, he's mm. fine. He plays the, you know, Mary Sue main character. You know, he's not the best actor in the film by a long stretch, but it's he's a serviceable hero, sure. And Ga- Game of Thrones is his more controversial acting choices, yeah, well, I think. Isaac Hempstead Wright is more just us very much trying to stretch this into six actors. <laughs> and, and as such, we don't have to talk about him for too much long, but if the question is, will he have a career after Game of Thrones? It doesn't really feel like he's had one before or during Game of Thrones. <laughs> no, so Game of Thrones, he hasn't say, had to act at all. Like, yeah, yeah. He went, he's been in this since he was a kid, you know. It's different to yeah. Aya, where she's actually had a personality. But yeah. he just had to be a child and then... Uh, Get pushed out a child window. for like two seasons until he became all mystical, and then he just had to be like, "Oh, blah blah blah, mystical, yeah. mystical," and that's it. He yeah. yeah, he's sat in a wheelchair for literally every episode since the end of season one, so not a lot of physical action going on, and like, yeah, and not in the box trolls either. No, <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I give him maybe two and a half thrones, and oh, I yeah. would say, nice, I think, yeah, he he's one. He's either in like. Five or six years, gonna be real hot and land like a secondary lead on another TV show, and people yeah. are like, "Oh, they, do you know that's Brandon Stark?" And then people, are like, "Oh, shit, it is, yeah." Yeah, because I don't think he's actually had <laughs> the, the chance to like prove himself yet, you know. Yeah, I, I, I kind that's of a good way feeling, to put it. Yeah, that's my yeah, that's is my conclusion. He's he's gonna be a Comic Con. Fan favorite uh, kind yeah. of thing. He's he's going to be someone um, who hosts local film festivals and uh, you know appears on like 
podcasts and and as yeah he's, he's like a niche mvp for things yeah someone that comes like, up in other yeah, shows yeah. someone that comes to armageddon and then cancels the last minute <laughs> yeah. um so yeah okay two 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 and a half thrones out of five but he has yet to do anything hmm. to impress me and maybe that could be bumped up in the future yeah yeah the most potential out of any of these. Yeah, actors, and the Pops but also Trolls the least is the potential. best film out of all of these, according to Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, well, yeah, it was a cool film. It was all right. Yeah. All right, so two more to go. We've got uh, Joe Jonas's wife. Um, wife? Are they married now? Yeah, yeah they got married. That's not all wow. that defines her. Um, she's also her own woman, uh, and she's not a very good actress, and her name is Sophie <laughs> Turner. Um, <laughs> um and we watched, well, Jess watched and while I made dinner um, and kind of paid attention to, but not really, a film called Josie. Yeah, what is so Josie about? Josie is about, uh, she's like a mysterious high school student that transfers to Baymont. Ugh. And um, I'm reading this straight off Wikipedia, yeah, you can't you tell. You would never describe <laughs> her like that. Um, and basically she's like this hot young chick and she moves into this motel where there's an old couple next door and also sort of like a weird guy that lives across who's older. Dylan McDermott. Dylan McDermott. And he sort of becomes interested in her and she doesn't really do anything to shut it down. So majority of the movie is sort of, uh, the awkwardness between him and his social anxiety and not really being able to read like the situation people are worried about him like trying to get with her and stuff and she's underage yeah um it's like a lolita kind of story yeah it sounds like a type of, it's like this probably isn't the case but if you were like oh and it was directed by dylan mcdermott i'd be like oh yeah that sounds like the kind of films that people like josh yeah. have you ever seen josh radner's directorial uh, debut happy thank you more please no, maybe it's not his debut then. I've seen he did the, one um, called uh, Liberal Fine Arts. arts yeah. yeah, Liberal Arts. Liberal Arts, that, yeah. That, that's, that about him. One, yeah. Yeah, that's about him um, as a college professor dating one of his students. And it's like, you're doing this as your film. This, You know what I mean? So yeah. it sounds like. Or like Camille when Clint Eastwood has two threesomes. <laughs> <laughs> We've spoken two. enough about the mule on this podcast. <laughs> um but yeah, and then anyway, spoilers for Josie, but the end of this film takes a really weird twist. It turns out that the reason why Dylan McDermott's character is so fucked up is because his previous job was at a prison where he uh, would basically terminate people who are on death row. And there's this one person in particular who was found to be innocent afterwards or something and turns out Josie is that person's daughter and she's oh, found him for there. revenge and she slits his throat whoa yeah because yeah she like <laughs> yeah. Pulled, she just like slits his throat and I was like what the fuck and then Jess was like you haven't been paying attention to this have you and I was like what is the film been leading up to this she's like yeah I've been able to tell this was gonna happen for the last 10 minutes and I was like Fuck, I was just... Was it good? It doesn't sound like it's... It could be... It sounds like with the right direction that could be... Uh, cool it's film. actually the lowest rated film on the Rotten <laughs> okay, Tomatoes are the ones we're talking about. It could about. be that as well. Yeah, <laughs> and like Dylan surprised. McDermott does a lot of the heavy lifting in this. Like, yeah. he is He's the one who got good. it up to 13%. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. 
Um, she's she's like not bad in it. I'd say like I, oh. I wasn't unwatchable, but her <laughs> accent was pretty bad. Yeah. She did a really good like normal American accent, but it was supposed to be southern, and she'd sort of switch in and out of normal American to southern. Yeah. Um, and because she, she's she British like naturally, and she she has a British accent on Thrones. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I thought she did a pretty good job with the American accent, but, but I mean, occasionally you'd realize, oh, she's trying to a southern accent. It's real bad. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's the that's a hallmark of a bad accent yeah um because obviously richard you and i have seen um her in the x-men films more than film yeah f- f- has she only been in one huh. yeah, yeah so, she was uh, in the apocalypse ship and obviously more, she's more, dark more than anything any more than something like josie and um i never thought her american accent was anything to write home about no i thought it was something to write home about and be like, oh, of, this is this girl who has a real bad accent. I'm, I want to come home. I go to school with this girl, and she's dr- she's trying to do um, this. Like, I can tell she's not American, but she keeps trying to convince me. Also, I'm a mutant, and by going to school with this girl, I mean I, yeah, I'm an X man. <laughs> um, yeah. I feel yeah. I, I'm not as much of a critic as you guys are. Like, I, I didn't not enjoy this. I guess it was still. It was an all right movie, but her Idiot. performance is pretty bad. <laughs> describing it, it, describing what happens, and I'm like, okay. Hearing it's 13 percent on Rotten Tomatoes, I'm like, okay. Yeah, <laughs> I know exactly how this movie would have made me feel had I watched. Yeah, it. Yeah, it's um, I, Sophie Turner's biggest thing is she sucks at accents, and um, like as uh, <laughs> X-Men, like I remember thinking she was horrible in, and then they're like, Dark Phoenix is the next film, and I'm like, are you serious? You're, oh, no. you're basing your film around. The worst part of your worst film. Yeah. So I think with Sophie Turner, I think where it's a similar situation to Nicolaj Costa Waldo, where when she can pull off sad and afraid very well. Yeah, like um, the start of that trailer for Dark Phoenix. Yeah, yeah. Fuck, which it's it, good. I was like, yeah, legit. It's compelling. Yeah. Um, and he, or not even just sad. Like any, any, like when she's calm and commanding in game of thrones um even that is like yeah this is cool this is i'm convinced by this character um, like which is like how do you answer for your crimes yeah Lord yeah yeah Balin. dun 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 from the one episode you've seen yeah so <laughs> i think again it's it's this is this is the patron saint of this podcast's topic for bad accents i think that's the main sticking point here yeah i i think she's i, I didn't believe a second of her performance in <laughs> um x-men apocalypse i think she's kind of yeah. like a discount uh saoirse ronan Who's who's a much better actor and yeah is kind of like Hollywood's it girl at the moment. And so I, I feel I told like someone I was doing this podcast and they were like, "Oh, so you're going to do Ladybird? Because Sophie Turner's pretty good in that." Yeah. Because <laughs> her and Saoirse Ronan Saoirse look so. They look, yeah, they look quite similar. And so it's like I can't imagine other than wanting to get the Game of Thrones crowd in. If you've got the choice, you'd go for Saoirse Ronan. Oh, imagine um, if Saoirse Ronan played Jean Grey. Oh my god, that'd be amazing. That'd be great. That'd be cool. Um, but yeah, so I I think um, yes, there's something about Sophie. It was it was the last scene of the film when I was watching it, and I was like, she she's someone that I, I um because she's in the the video for Sucker by the Jonas Brothers, and I watched it like three times before even realizing it was her, <laughs> because I was just like, oh, they just got some some blonde girl to be in the video, and um and then everyone's like, oh, it's so cool how they got their how they got their partners, and I was like, oh yeah, there's um. Priyanka Chopra and Kevin's wife, whatever her name is. And then 
I was like, oh, who's Joe's one? And I watched it trying to figure out who it was. And then I just looked up and I was like, Sophie Turner. I was like, oh, from X-Men Apocalypse. And then watching it, I was like, I suppose that is her. So out of how many thrones out of five, team? Uh, I would say she's second worst after Kit Harrington. I mm. would give her... So one throne. One, one and a half throne. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah, Sophie Turner, I, I, in terms of career after thrones... Yeah, don't get her to do accents and don't mm. get her to do anything that isn't um, the exact role she's been pigeonholed in in Game of Thrones. Yeah, well, yep. I mean, because she's already, like, fucking the lead of this... Um, Doomed film. X-Men series. Yeah, this doomed X-Men film. I And she's not the only lead of a doomed X-Men film we're, we're talking about yeah. uh, today. But, yeah, I, I she's one that I really don't know where her career is going to go hmm. after this. Um, and I'm worried about her. I, I could see her just starring Sophie, in films what, like Josie. Sophie, acting isn't a real job. You've got <laughs> to have a backup plan. Um, all right, well, let's. What is the next uh, uh, actress who's leading a doomed X Men film? There? Uh, so it's Maisie Williams, who's um, of mm-hmm. course starring in the uh, 2017, 18, 19, or 20 film um, <laughs> New Mutants. So, but she was also on a Netflix movie called iBoy, uh, which is a horrible name. Uh, but the film is, uh, it's 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 one of those like. Uh, it's fun from like a revenge fantasy kind of point of view. So it's this guy gets, um, I think he gets shot. He gets like mugged kind of thing. And somehow gets this thing inside his brain that allows him to control technology. He gets shot like through his phone, I think. And like yeah. in the head, but through his phone. Yeah. Um, I, I somehow missed that scene where like the inciting incident of the film occurs mm-hmm. i think i like got up to get a glass of water and then it like when i sat back down it cut to black and then it was like one month later and i was like oh, whatever <laughs> um, <laughs> uh yeah so he yeah like he can control technology and he flirts with Maisie williams who he like grew up with um and calls himself iboy and is like hey it's iboy and the I stands for inciting incident, which you missed. <laughs> which I missed. Uh, yeah. So, but it's, you know, he gets revenge on people and through fun and inventive ways using technology. Uh, and then the film kind of, you know, falls apart at the end. But so Maisie Williams is is the secondary kind of yeah. lead to this, the, the love interest, essentially. And, um, like the the Ron Tomatoes uh, critics consensus says, iBoy's original premise and Maisie Williams' strong performance aren't enough to overwrite a cliched narrative, too serious tone, overall glitchy execution. Uh, I don't know that I would like. I think if you didn't know it was Maisie Williams and you weren't a fan of Game of Thrones, nothing would particularly stand out about it. But if you you're watching this film to pay attention to Maisie Williams, or you're already a fan of Maisie Williams, there's enough in there that you can kind of latch onto. Um, out of the so box trolls is the only movie of these that i haven't somewhat seen out of all of them she's probably the strongest performance um just in terms of like it's it's the likability of uh amelia clark mixed in with a little bit more depth kind of thing yeah i I think she has more to do in this film there's like being held hostage scenes and stuff like that so i would also say that um, again, no spoilers for season eight, but she's 
low-key probably the best part of season eight personally like she's doing she does she is great in game of thrones and i don't think she is as good in other movies as she is in game of thrones based on the small amount of performances i've seen yeah she was one of the ones that i was like that that sort of initially proved my thesis i thought that like i'd i'd feel like i'd seen her and i was like i've seen her and stuff and she's she's pretty weak and everyone's trying to make her do a thing and they watch this i was like like again it's nothing too much to write home about she cleared the bar of being the the very low bar of being like better than sophie turner mm-hmm. um but yeah i i can't even i don't even know if i have seen her in other things maybe it's even just like in interviews i've been like you just come oh, she's, across she's a- very a lot of her interviews especially when she was a teenager is very like why am I watching an interview with a teenage girl? Yeah, and so I like, think maybe that's where I kind of got my impression of Maisie Williams from. Yeah, no, that's fair. I think she might be the best one we've talked about, which is crazy. I wouldn't have thought that before the show, but now that I've like vocalized yeah. it. Yeah, neither. I was expecting it to be bad. Yeah, yeah. I, you know what? I, my, my, yeah, my conclusion is she is she's really good in Game of Thrones, and she's maybe had a few, you know, growing pains and things. She's another thing she's been in, but she absolutely has has the chops to keep going post Game of Thrones, especially because she's a very interesting looking person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah she she'll be one that's interesting to see what she does afterwards. I'm I, I feel like she might stick to TV. Yeah, but I feel like she's got the kind of personality that could survive in Hollywood as well. Do do we are we worried for the future of the Game of Thrones actors? <laughs> yeah, and is that a responsibility or a burden that we need to put on our own shoulders? <laughs> it's not. It's not my job to get them more work. It doesn't matter to me. I would say that the agent uh, is listening to this, being like, "Fuck, fuck." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh God. I'm like, <laughs> um, I would say that they that every single actor we've talked about. And even maybe Lena Headey and quite possibly uh, Peter Dinklage, they will always be remembered as characters from Game of Thrones. Yeah, actors from Game Absolutely. of Thrones. Absolutely. I don't think anyone's going to transcend transcend them. That's not necessarily a bad thing, but it it does say it does kind of put across the fact that like like think of someone like Brian Cranston. I probably think of him more as Walter White than Hal from Malcolm in the Middle. Now, so yeah, what I guess my point is is like. Maybe none of them are terrible, but I don't believe any of them are certainly going to be great enough to get to a, a level where they are remembered solely for something else other than yeah. Game of Thrones. What, like, and what do you guys think of the whole TV versus um, movie actors? Because it, it's it seems like it shouldn't be a thing, but it, it is. And it, 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 it is quite hard to go from being a TV star to a movie star. I mean, like... George Clooney did it. Yeah. And he, and, but like to go from like A list on TV to A list in movies and not just like, oh, an A list TV star is being in this movie, you know, like something like Aaron Paul doing Need for Speed doesn't make him an A list movie actor, you know? Yeah. 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 I don't know. I think that the, that it's just something that people accept happens, and I don't know if there's a there's a, a reason for it necessarily. Yeah, but I, I, it's interesting because every time a new show comes out like this, and you get these mid twenties to mid twenties to thirties kind of actors, they always have one movie that they try and jump into movies, and it's nine times ninety nine times out of a hundred is terrible. Like Pompeii is Pompeii is such a 
um, TV actor trying to make it into film movie. And it's like, why would you not pick a good film? I reckon it's less, th- I think it's it's maybe that, but there's two other factors. One is these could just be, um, well, it, they're kind of, I guess, related, is that it's a selling point for the movie and it's a selling point for the for Game of Thrones or the show. You I, know? Think it, I think even in general, like, got, like characters... Actors from massive sagas, like let's just take Harry Potter, going to something after that, after we've like lived and seen them for eight years. Oh, well, I don't even know how long Game of Thrones have been going longer than that. You know, we're never going to see them as anyone else. So are they ever going to survive as a character outside of that? Probably not. Yeah, unless they do another big TV show in a few well, years. Well, Game of Thrones has spinoffs anyway. But it, it has it has happened, you know. There are there are actors like I mentioned Brian Cranston. You can look at like, or maybe they'll find like a second life, like Mark Hamill did with voice acting mm. after yeah. Star Wars, that kind of thing. You know, maybe Kit Harrington will become like an expressive voice actor. No, I'll be like, it. where was this? Where was this? <laughs> Shall we? Um, you know, tip our caps to the night then. Oh uh, yes, that's not a Game of Thrones reference. That was me trying to figure out how to say. Let's You're like, fuck, how do people normally say goodbye? <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, look, well, thank you for joining us, and I hope you enjoyed um, this episode. I hope you enjoy the final every episode of Game of Thrones. Don't tell us what happens. Don't project yourself into the past and spoil it for us. Tell, tell me what happens. I don't care. <laughs> um, oh, where the can... fucking... Well, I hope fucking... Don't Tyrion. even say anything. Come on, man. Happens. You've got so many storylines to tie up. Mm. Yeah, what are the ch- over under on the finale being good? What do you guys reckon? Oh, I think under. it's gonna be shit. <laughs> <laughs> Where can people find Cole Popshire, Richard? We, you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat. No, <laughs> or you can email us at ColtPopshireMedia at gmail dot com. Nice, very nice. And I was trying to YouTube do that to the well. tune of the Game of Thrones theme song. How, how you can find us on a Facebook and a Twitter and a YouTube. YouTube, all right, thank you, Every everybody. Every time Goodbye. I try and sing a piece of instrumental music, <laughs> I just start singing "Kiss from a Rose." <laughs>